Okay, Raymond. I have given it some thought and I want to walk you through what I believe to be the perfect trade offer for the Houston Texans. So here we're, here's how we're going to do this. You're going to be Nick Casario okay. and I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you and I'm going to make this trade. I'm going to show you how John Lynch, this is, I hope John Lynch, I hope you're watching this because I'm going to show you how this is supposed to be done. All right. You ready, Ray? You're going to be Nick Casario. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. I am Nick Casario. I'm committed to, to being Nick Casario. <laughs> you, you got it. All right. Here we go. All right. All right. It's a little bit of like, it's like a little bit of role playing here. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So I'm giving you okay. a call. Ring, ring, ring. That's that's how my phone goes. It goes ring, ring, ring. Uh, Ni- hello, Nick Casario here. Hi, Nick Casario. This is uh, Solis, Rudy Solis. I'm a representative of the 49ers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who? This is this is Rudy Solis. I'm a representative of the 49ers. Listen, that's not important right now. What you need to understand is we're making a trade. I am trading you for I, I want Deshaun Watson. He doesn't want to play for you. This is how it's going to go down. I'm going to give you three first round picks. And no, you're not getting Nick Bosa. Oh, OK, w- wait one second. Who did you say your name was again? I'm Rudy Solis. I'm trying to call you for a trade, Nick Casario. And you and you represent the 49ers. Why? Why isn't you're going to make an offer like why isn't John Lynch on the line making this offer to me? And whenever any team makes has made an offer or attempted to make an offer, because we're not entertaining offers right now. I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news, but whenever they do do that, it's the GM of the team that calls me directly. It is not some side third party representative. I've never even heard your name before. In fact, Janet. Janet, can we get can you get the forty get John Lynch on the line from your end? Because I don't even know who the hell I've never even heard of this guy, and he's making me an offer for Deshaun Watson and propose. I, I didn't even I didn't even say Nick. I didn't even mention Nick Bosa. I'm pretty sure that's how Nick Casario talks, right? <laughs> Sorry, I was just, I was like totally you know engrossed in the role. <laughs> you you were you didn't even I didn't even I didn't even get to do it. You know I I. That's probably how that really would go if I called Nick Casario. You're probably pretty right, uh, Ray. Why don't you let Why don't you let Nick Casario know where he can find us? <laughs> All right. If I was Nick Casario and I wanted to follow the Goldcast, I would go to I would follow them at the Goldcast uh, on Instagram at the Goldcast, and I'd also follow them on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast, and I would also subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found there. If you're on the YouTubes, make sure to like, subscribe, and hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified when our episodes go live on the line, as we say. And be sure to leave a comment because that feeds the algorithm of the YouTube platform. And that's very integral to how that algorithm actually works. It's actually a part of it, the ecosystem there. So be sure to participate because we love to get your take, especially on today's episode, which is obviously going to be a little controversial as the opening intro suggests. It is, man. Yeah, definitely hop on. So much is happening on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube uh, if you're not part of it you are really missing out and uh we are working on some things to entice you pretty soon here uh raymond today's episode as you know uh our one of our biggest most popular posts ever was uh was basically a post on instagram that was based off my tweet saying that houston had no leverage to ask for nick bosa 
got a ton of likes, got a ton of comments, over 40 comments alone on that one thread on Instagram. If you haven't gone, go check it out at, at thegoldcast.com uh, to see what we are talking about. But it is about this trade. And one of our boys, uh, been on the show one time before, uh, Coy Thomas, hopefully we'll get him on maybe sometime next week to talk about this, but he made the case that we should trade Nick Bosa for Deshaun Watson, that it was worth it. And to keep him was a little short-sighted. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack that this episode. We're basically going to go the opposite. I was saying no Bosa, they have no leverage, but now we're going, maybe he has a point. We're going to talk about it. But first, the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop. You're Professor of Fanalism. I'm in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! All right, Raymond. As we mentioned in the audio version of this podcast, this, uh, this episode is going to be all about making the case that we should make the trade for, for Deshaun, Nick Bosa for Deshaun Watson. Now, the reason this really came up is that on our Instagram page at the Goldcast, uh, at the Goldcast on Instagram, uh, we had a. I put up a tweet. It was uh, we put up a post that was based on a tweet that I had written that basically was saying that Houston has no leverage and no leverage, no Bosa. Right. That was basically like the bait. The I'm paraphrasing the tweet, but basically, and I've said this before already on the episode. I've said this before on several Goldcast episodes. This went got pretty big, got over 41 comments. I mean, a ton of people were talking about it, and it just, you know, it became a really big topic of conversation. Most people agreeing that Houston has no leverage, and therefore, they can't ask for Nick Bosa. But one of our boys, Coy Thomas, he went on there and said, mm, I don't know, not so fast. He said, you know, he reached out to me even privately and said, both, both online and privately, was saying, you know, if you really look at it, if you really think about this, Deshaun Watson, your defense was really good last year, even without Nick Bosa. And he said, if anything, the major issues you guys were having was at quarterback. And he's, he made the case that if Deshaun Watson was on the team last year, there's probably a pretty good chance we make it to the playoffs, even with despite all the injuries. Now, I really thought about this, right? Like, I thought about this song and hard, and I was like, hmm. He kind of has a point, right? Like maybe, I, I don't know because we can't go into a, a time machine and relive last year and somehow magically put Deshaun Watson on the team and see what would happen. But it was an interesting case to say, well, the defense was really good. We didn't have Nick Bosa and you switch in, you switch in, he, Nick Bosa was injured. That's what I mean by that. Uh, you switch Deshaun Watson for Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard and Jimmy G. You put him in place of all three of those guys and we probably win a lot more games. I mean, how many games did Nick Mullins blow in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter by throwing an interception? Now, let's just look at that really basic stat, right? Like the turnovers from Nick Mullins really hurt us, right? I mean, the offensive turnovers in, from the entire team really hurt us, but Nick Mullins was backbreaking in a variety of games. So I looked at a couple of these stats because I was just kind of interested, right? So here we go. So Nick Mullins, 
he started in eight games. In the eight games he played, he threw 12 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions. Again, we're just looking at really basic stats here, okay? So he was as bad as he was good. Yes, exactly. Not, which, which in the NFL is not good. <laughs> it's not good. Just ask uh, Jameis Winston, who, you know, threw almost, I think, more interceptions. 30 and 30. Yeah, he was 30 and 30. And, and, where, and where did he end up? Uh, a backup in New Orleans who was knocked out of the playoffs by his former team that ended up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I say like, who won the Super Bowl? Tom Brady. On what team? His former team. With basically the same weapons. Same squad. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep, same squad, basically. All right, so Jimmy G. He started six games. In the six games, he he uh, played seven touchdown passes, five interceptions, almost 50 and 50 in the six games he played. Now, he was hurt. There's a lot that, you know. that, that he, those... he was hurt. Some of those throws were based off because he wasn't been able to plant on his on his his bum ankle. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure he was seven and five in the five game stretch in 2017 when we first acquired him and he went on a five game win streak, you know, seven and five doesn't look as bad when you're five and oh, um, in that stretch versus where, where we were this year, you know, it's context matters, you know, context does matter. So let's look at CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard only started two games. He threw six touchdowns, zero interceptions. So actually, of the of the three quarterbacks, C.J. Beathard uh, caused the least turnovers from an interception perspective. Okay, this is all 2020 stats. Third string, third string, mind you. Third string. Now, and but then only started to, only started two games. You know, and I believe he got pulled on that one of those games he started too. So, you know, it like you said, context matters. So let's look at Deshaun Watson again. We're just looking at the basic stats. Just, just. Just our turnovers, just our basic, most backbreaking turnover you can throw, which is interception. So Deshaun Watson throws in he 16 games he started, played the full season. That's important too. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. In fact, in fact, this this is the least amount of interceptions he's thrown ever in his career. Getting better. He went from well, he went eight, nine, twelve, seven. So he improved. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Jimmy G threw five in the six games he started. Uh, uh, Nick Mullins threw eight, uh, 12 in the eight games he started. Yikes. Uh, in the 16 games Deshaun Watson started, he threw only seven. So when you put it in that context, right, like we go, if you just think of, like, let's just let's just take eight, eight those eight games. On a bad team, and he lost his number one wide receiver towards the end of the stretch because Will Fuller got suspended for PEDs. Well, and don't forget DeAndre Hopkins got traded, and he lost Hopkins the year that the, before the year even started. Before the year even started. Now, overall, his overall stats were even better without Hopkins. That's been well documented. You can go read that anywhere. But if you put Deshaun Watson in place of those eight starts for Nick Mullins, do you think we lose all those games? No, not not even no, not not even with a with you know. I think Brandon Ayuk uh, puts up bigger numbers. I think, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. puts up bigger numbers. I think Kyle Juszczyk gets more looks. I think a lot of the missed throws and interceptions, those look more like completions and touchdowns. There's a big difference. And remember, we were 6-10. and 6-10 and 10 teams are not teams that are rebuilding. Those are teams that just need a few pieces 
to turn the whole ship around. In fact, we were six and ten the year in 2018, the year before we went to the Super Bowl in the very next year. So six and ten teams are not that far off. You put a Deshaun Watson into that mix, and yeah, you you're you're into the playoffs. You're not only in the playoffs. I think you're a bona fide NFC contender. I think you you're you're vying for an NFC championship appearance. Whether you get to the Super Bowl, I mean. I Green Bay does not convince me not against us anyways Robert Sala has their number and Kyle Shanahan knows their coach because he's a protege of their coach and in my opinion a derivative of Kyle Shanahan so I think we owned them twice last year I think it would have been a much a less close game than it even was against Tampa Bay if we had go up against them in the NFC championship okay I'm with you on this so Nick Mullins is there. So now now let's take now here's the next question. So and you kind of already answered it, but I want to make sure it's clear for the audience listening and everyone watching. So if the 49ers, if Nick Mullins, if 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 Deshaun Watson starts all 16 games last year, what's our what's our final place to NFC West and do we make the playoffs? I think they're somewhere around the eleven and five range. Eleven and five. That's what I think. I mean, Nick, we we can definitely we can definitely equate, which is a five many, a five uh, game swing from where we ended up. Yes, yes. Um, let me see here. Yeah, Nick Mullen's record was of his eight starts, he was two and six. So you're saying, arguably, he wins at least. Yeah, at least four, four, what did you say? Five more games, five more games than what he what we already won. Like, does just Sean Watson's worth five more wins in the NFL? I think so, right? absolutely. I mean, uh, the one thing that Coy said that is correct: we didn't have Nick Bosa, and we were still a top ten defense. We weren't the same defense we were the year before, but we were still pretty darn impressive. The one glaring thing I noticed that was substantially different from the 2020 defense versus the 2019 defense was pass rush. There was no pass rush, but the secondary did play exceptional. One of the reasons is the fact that Sherman, even though Sherman did come back, Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley held, held course pretty darn, they, they held positions really well. And the combination of Jason Verrett and Richard Sherman is actually better than a Sherman-Mosley combination. And, and Akella Witherspoon even chipped in a little bit when he got healthy too. But I think that uh, that the secondary played outstanding football. I mean, I don't think Jaquaski Tart was ever healthy. Jimmy Ward was healthy. Again, the glass cannon maintaining his Iron Man status throughout the season. Congratulations to him. He played solid. I mean, he doesn't have the numbers that like flash, but what he does on the field in the secondary is Pro Bowl level play. Um, it just doesn't ever, you know, at least the last two years, it just hasn't equated to the, the flashy numbers that we typically associate with Pro Bowl safeties, which usually is like, you know, sacks and interceptions, you know, like your Ed Reeds and Choi Polamalu's of the world or, or Ronnie Lotz of the world. But uh, he plays at a Pro Bowl level, no doubt. So we had three solid people back there helping pick up the slack from the lack of pass rush. That was a big glaring difference that I saw. Even though Kerry Hyder had eight and a half sacks, which was terrific, it just was not enough. From It was just it was just that one player getting that. So Nick Bosa's presence was definitely missed because if you put Nick Bosa in there, then you have eight and a half, eight and a half sacks from Kerry Hyder, and you have nine or ten from Nick Bosa. And who knows how that frees up 
Javon Kinlaw and uh, Eric Armstead. You know, those stats go up with a Nick Bosa because he's that he's just as impactful as a, as a Deshaun Watson is on the defensive line, not necessarily. And which, of course, that creates a ripple effect to the defense. But in our case, we had the secondary, you know, doing the reverse. The secondary was supporting the pass rush, which was last year. We had a combination of both. And, and, and you know, to, to recap, Coy was right in that assessment. And we kind of our defense was definitely a a bend don't break type of defense last year. And the times that we did break was when the offense just grew stagnant in the fourth quarter, either by throwing picks or just going three and out because, you know, we just didn't have a the comp- defense getting exhausted from being on the field so long. Yeah, the defense. Yeah. Which is no fault of the defense per se, but you just keep going out there after three and out, three and out, turnover, turnover, turnover. Eventually you're going to get gas. Doesn't matter if you, you could be the bat, most badass defense in the NFL. You will still get trampled on if your offense is playing like that and you just have to go back on the field without any rest. So uh, I, I think a lot of that, a lot of those instances were, I didn't blame the defense a lot of times. I was blaming the offense in our recaps. I was blaming the offense more often than not because they were the ones that are put that were putting the defense in compromising positions. Deshaun Watson doesn't do that, you know. Uh, at least by the by those numbers, he doesn't do that. He was playing from behind all year long, but that was with no running game, uh, only one bona fide, poor coaching. Yeah, only one bona fide pretty good receiver and Will Fuller who was playing great until he got suspended for the remaining six games and, 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 and a defense that was a shell of itself with the exception of JJ Watt. So I I think that uh, you put him on this squad with a top 10 defense, the defense gets a lot of rest. He makes a lot of throws, you know, he's not an inaccurate quarterback. Remember in my book, and, and this is not, I'm not in the minority by saying this. In my book, Deshaun Watson is the number two quarterback in the NFL. That is it. In terms of pure passing ability and skill set, overall, his overall kit of skills, Deshaun Watson is number two. Easy, 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 easy. And the, 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 there, everyone, and then third place is like a distant tie between all of the legacy players your Breezes, your Rodgers, your Tom Brady's, all of those guys. Okay, so. I love this. I love what you just said. I'm going to break some things down because you made a you made a huge case just now at the very beginning of, of your, your your talk right now. You made a huge case for why Nick Bosa is so valuable to this defense. Right. You 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 pair him with Hyder. Man, that's a whole different deal. Right. And then you talk you talked about Eric Armstead's uh, stats going up. What does this do for Kinlaw? I mean, he opens up the entire defense. It's not just the fact that he is such a dangerous pass rusher, but his ability to get to the quarterback so succinctly opens up many avenues because now you have to account for Nick Bosa. And if you're accounting for Nick Bosa, you have to you you can't fully account for somebody on the other side of the line. And so it just puts them in a whole it puts the whole defense in a different position as far as pass rush, right? Which is the thing we were really lacking. So I hear you on that. I'm with you on that. And then you made a great case for obviously Deshaun Watson, what he does on a team like ours versus the Houston Texans. So having said that, though, having said that, here's the question I have for you then. You see what Nick Bosa did the year before. You saw what our defense did this year. Is getting is getting Watson. What's worth more, keeping the defense that had Nick Bosa in 2019 or having the defense we had last year, 
but with Watson on the other side in offense? What's worth more? Man, it's tough because they're technically both generational players. It's really tough. But if we look at the health history of Bosa, which I don't like to bring up, but in order to be fair, I have to. If I want to be objective here, I have to consider that. He had a significant abdominal tear in college, and now he's had a significant ACL tear in the pros. And his brother, his brother's the same, you know, they're, they're both like Jimmy G's, in one year, out the other, in one year, out the other. And I don't know if this is going to change for him. You know, like if, if after this injury, you know, what is this going to, I mean, he's rehabbing right now and he looks pretty good in some of the videos I've seen. He's working hard. But, you know, how will this affect his ability to pass rush? He's young, so he has the benefit of youth behind him right now, which means he's probably going to be a pretty close version of his former self when he gets back on the field. I have no doubt about that. It's just, you can just tell from it. They're just, he's just a special player that just has the mindset. He's 110% committed to football. Deshaun Watson's that same type of player. You know, they're, they're, they're few and far between. That's why they're called generational players. And I think that, the the value of quarterback undoubtedly supersedes a player like Nick Bosa. As much as it pains me to say that, uh, you know, if if it came down to giving up Bosa for a Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson hasn't missed any games. He's been a Pro Bowler three straight years. He's the type of player that can light you up. That he the Deshaun Watson has been lighting up the league with a shitty team. Imagine if he finds his way to a Kyle Shanahan, then good luck. Good luck, because I think Kyle Shanahan will be able to do things with him very similar, if not more creative than what Patrick Mahomes is able to do with Andy Reid. And and it's not a knock on Andy Reid. It's just Andy Reid's a little bit older and they play a they play a very explosive offense i don't think we become pass happy because kyle shanahan likes balanced football he likes the west coast offense he he takes after his father and so he's as brilliant at the run game as he is the pass game yeah but just but just imagine a deshaun watson playing the west coast offense and being able to bomb it out like a mahomes wow wow i mean the possibilities go far beyond what Nick Bosa does on the defensive end, although Nick Bosa is extraordinarily impactful on a defensive line, as I already pointed out. But, I mean, if you have to trade, I mean, again, which talk to anyone in the NFL, the most important position is quarterback, and we're talking about the second-best quarterback in the NFL, by my opinion and by many others. So if you're going by the second-best quarterback in the NFL to a, you know, a top-five pass rusher, man, it's hard to argue with, the the prospect of getting the number two quarterback in the NFL and putting him with, in my opinion, the best offensive mind in the NFL that can take any quarterback in any situation, just look at his history from Matt Schaub to Matt Ryan and turn him into a Pro Bowl caliber player and in Matt Ryan's case, an, M- an MVP. So I'm with you. I, I you know, I, I really appreciated all the comments that we got. And again, if you haven't gone, go check out go check out our Instagram page. A lot of people were on the no side, and I, and I feel you. I feel you. I am definitely leaning on that side. But as we talk about it and break it down, think about it, folks. This is the number two quarterback in the NFL. 
is the number you're saying you're telling me that a top five pass rusher is worth more than the second best quarterback in the NFL? Are you really saying that? That's the real question. And I think you're right. Like, I think what Coy said after I thought about it, I was like, damn, he's right. Like, if it really takes two first round picks and Nick Bosa, you probably have to make that trade. I still think, you know, but I, but going back to that, I sorry to interrupt, but I, I still think you need a third trade partner because you have to account for the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo does has a no trade clause just like Deshaun Watson does, but in Deshaun and and he can so cuz you have to send Jimmy somewhere where he's going to be happy. You have to send him so you have to do him right. And the the best candidate to do him right is New England. They are begging for a quarterback right now and uh, According to all of the rumors and speculation that went around down in the Jimmy G trade, because that was a lot of people felt that that was kind of a slight to Robert Kraft from between Bill Belichick and him because he wanted to move on from Tom Brady and felt that it was it was Jimmy's time to rise up and didn't get that opportunity and had to ship him off. So he sent him somewhere where he thought he could do well. And he knows the Shanahan's and has a good rapport with them and said, all right, well, if you're going to do that, then when Tom goes, you're not going to have anybody ready to go. And so at least that was the speculative report on that, 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 that there was a possibility that, it, that it was, this was kind of a slight. This was a, an emotional decision that he made. If that's true, hypothetically speaking, then that means that Belichick would absolutely be totally open to getting Jimmy G back. In fact, Jimmy G is, uh, without a doubt, in my mind, a step up from the current version of, um, what's his name? Superman. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I don't know why I forgot about him. Just He just doesn't resonate <laughs> well with me. I just don't find him to be. I just he, he His personality is, I find it to be a little distasteful and, uh, and uh, his his play last year was absolutely trash. But uh, to me, it, he just wasn't 100 percent. That's that's what I surmise. But again, you're going to have to go to the Black Panther cast if you want to learn more about what's going on. Oh, wait, he doesn't even play for the Panthers. <laughs> he plays for the Patriots. You're going to have to go to the uh, what is it? Uh, to 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 the, you're going to have to you're going to have to go to the new mass holes cast. You're going to have to go to the uh it's really hard to win games when you're cheating but you don't have tom brady cast you're gonna have to do that you have to go there yes i think yes and then there was the other one that was the one that um we love mark Wahlberg just as much as tom brady cast um absolutely friends of the show (laughs) friends of the show good guys (laughs) love those guys Good, good good guys yeah it's um you kind, I think you kind of have to make that trade, right? Now, again, having said that, I'm going to say one final thing before we go here. Having said that, okay, at the same time, Houston has no leverage because Watson doesn't want to play for them. So they don't really have the leverage to ask for Nick Bosa. But I understand what people are saying. They're going, yeah, but if that's all they're asking for, then do it. If it means that's what they're going to do, then do it. I, and I and I think it's leaning in that direction. And uh, to me, the big telltale sign that it is leaning in that direction, meaning they're they're going to go into a rebuilding mode, and because Watson's going to force it, and they're already they're already there at four and twelve. But the fact that J.J. Watt said "Get me out of here" is indicative of that. That to me was the biggest glaring sign. None of us saw that coming, and it came out out of nowhere. And it was per his request. That means, in my mind. In my opinion, I believe that it, it is known 
that Watson is on his way out. And he says, I want no part of this. Just get me out of here. I'd rather just play for a contender at this point than to watch you guys, you know, than, than to be on a sinking ship. Yeah. Whew, man, this is quite the conversation. If you want to check out all the comments, you want to add to the comments, go to Instagram, go to at the gold cast. It's a couple down, but you'll see the tweet. It's got, it's got, it's got Nick Bosa right on it and my tweet on it. And uh, in fact, I will read it to you and then I want to hear what you all have to say about it. I said, no, Bosa. That doesn't even make sense. Houston has no leverage to ask for Bosa. Watson doesn't want to play for them. Bosa wants to play for us. Either way, it's a wrap for Watson, Watson in Houston. No leverage, no Bosa. And then I did the little emoji there. Pff, I'm blowing smoke out of my nose because I'm pissed off. <laughs> but to, but I'll tell you this. If the Niners do swing a three-team trade involving the Patriots to send Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots, the Patriots send a pick to Houston, and then San Francisco sends several picks over to Houston in addition to uh, Nick Bosa, then the possibility financially of getting Watson over because of what he he's less against the cap this year than Jimmy G is this year. Then uh, what would be a blockbuster move that I would love to see is for them to acquire Sean Deshaun Watson, that trade and also pick up JJ Watt and bring them both over to San Francisco and just have a play for us. They're like, Hey, you guys, I, I get, I get, I, I feel your pain. Come play over here. Come play over here. <laughs> that's what you do you do the pss, pss, when you want to tell someone a secret that's kind of like how 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 the bucks picked up brady and gronk at the beginning of last year all right folks huge episode lots of discussion and we want to know what you think go to youtube.com slash the gold cast go to at the gold cast on instagram and chime in should we trade bosa for watson is this the move is this like really the move is this if this is all that needs to happen is that what we do? Let us know. Sound off in the comments. And we will be back next week, Raymond. We will get to the Warriors. Huge comeback win. Two in a row. Let's hope they get a let's hope they can string together three games in a row. That'll really be worth something talking about. That would be great. Um also Buster Posey back in the lineup for the Giants. Awesome. Great to see him back. He took last year off. Can't hate on that to raise to help raise his two adopted twin children. No, I imagine it only helps him at this point. I imagine it only helps him at this stage in his career. Absolutely. So, uh, really awesome stuff. Lots, you know, lots brewing in San Francisco sports, and we'll be back to talk about all of it next week. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.